Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Greensburg. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Decatur County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Second to none on the Second Amendment. This is The Gun Guy with Guy Ralford on 93 WIBC. And welcome back. I'm Guy Ralford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Let's go ahead and welcome into the DriveHubler.com hotline. We've got uh, Representative Jim Lucas uh, from District 69, um, down a little bit south of Indy, uh, Seymour and surrounding area. Jim, uh, you and I go way back. We've spent a lot of time working on Second Amendment rights together in Indiana, but welcome back to the Gun Guy Show. Oh, it's always a pleasure, Guy. Thank you. And uh, thank you for all the things that you do for our gun rights here in this state. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure. Hey, listen, you and I, I think, I won't put any words in your mouth, um, but uh, since I've known you for so long, I'm pretty comfortable, comfortable in saying that you and I would agree that training is essential if... Uh, you're going to be a responsible uh, gun owner and 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 have the ability to effectively use a gun, and and responsible storage is critically important as part of responsible gun ownership. Something I preach often here on the Gun Guy Show. Yet while we both think those things are very very important, uh, we both would oppose a law that says, well, well, we're going to make you a criminal if you carry a gun or buy a gun without training, or um, if you store your gun so that it, it's somehow accessible to uh, someone under 18 uh, under your roof, um, because obviously that that doesn't take into account all the different circumstances. Uh, Yet you've come up, I think, and this is not the first time you've introduced uh, a similar bill and advocated the same concept, but you've uh, um, you've come up with, I think, the right solution to this issue, um, and that's in uh, your bill that uh, is pending right now. Absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing. You hit the nail on the head there, Guy. With rights come responsibilities. And firearms, you know, once that bullet leaves the chamber, it's not coming back. So you have to you have to make sure that that bullet is going downrange where you intended it to. Um, You have to know how to handle your firearm, store it, clean it, um, all around just be safe with it. And this will... It does not mandate. It is not a mandate. And and Mm -hmm. like you said, this is the best, um, I hate to say solution, because there's never a solution. There's always going to be something pop up. But I think this is a great tool in the toolbox to encourage people to go out there and get training, learn how to safely handle and store your firearm, and it gets government out of it. Well, exactly. And we're talking about House Bill 1144. And... um it's been introduced. We're hoping to get it a hearing here sooner than later. Um, but but describe Bill, um, what Bill uh, House Bill 1144 would do, Jim, um, in the sense of really providing, and I think it's the right way to approach the issue, it's providing a carrot rather than a stick. Sure. It's, it's basically it's a $300 individual state income tax credit. If you file jointly, it goes up to $600, and that's it. There are no grants. Uh, we're not taking money from Peter to give to Paul so Paul can go out and take you know lessons or buy a safe or anything like that. 
This is something that you do upon your own. There are no departments that have to be set up. Everything is already established, and it is as clean as I know how to to get out there and encourage people to do the right thing and seek training and safe handling. Well, exactly. And, you know, I've actually talked to our um, our uh, delegation in Congress uh, about trying to do something similar at the federal level um, in terms of um, a, a credit uh, at uh, uh, you know on uh, on your your taxes at the end of the year, even as far as the feds are concerned and the IRS. But this gets this done right here in Indiana. And and you know what uh, this if this were to pass that 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 couple out there or that individual out there who's on the on the on the on the borderline they're on the edge and they're saying well you know should I go take this class and by the way it's not just for training it's also uh, for storage devices right like um, gun safes yes. And so that, you know, that, that couple or, or individual out there saying, you know, should I go do this or should I not? It's, it might cost me a little money. Uh, go take a, a course, uh, go pay a firearms instructor or, or spend money at a gun store to buy a safe. Hey, this provides um, a real financial incentive to go ahead and go down that road. Sure. And it's to me, that's that's how it should be. We, we shouldn't be establishing programs. Um, you know, taking money from people, let people keep as much as of their money as possible. But if there is a way that, and you said this again, very well to use a, a carrot instead of a stick, by all means, I think this is a great approach. Well, okay. Now it's been referred to ways and means, um, since this has, um, uh, potentially an economic impact on the state, uh, in terms of, I guess, some minimal uh, reduction in the number of taxes the state would take in, it's got to go to ways and means, right, as a as a first step? Correct. And I reached out to the chairman of that committee, um, Representative Jeff Thompson, who's a great guy. I mean, he, he's a, a limited government to a person. And Representative Thompson, I mean, he has a lot on his plate, obviously handling the budget of the state. But he has agreed to meet with me to discuss this issue. So, you know, it's not dead. You know, I've I've offered this several times. I think this is at least the fourth, if not fifth time I brought this up. And you just you have to keep plugging away, as you talked about on your show earlier when you start off. You know, constitutional carry took over ten years. Right, exactly. <laughs> there, there, I'll tell you what, man. If if I if I uh, had a nickel for every time I saw on social media uh, or uh, elsewhere um, somebody saying, "Oh, you guys are naive. Uh, Indiana's never going to pass this. That um, is never going to happen. You guys are just beating your head against the wall." Uh, man, how many how many years? How many how many gazillions of times do we see that and again get that feedback? But you know what? It's all about keeping the shoulder to the grindstone and not giving up. Well, you have to. And that's the thing. I mean, quitters, it, it, anybody could be a quitter on that, but something that important. And sadly, it should not have taken that long. When you read the Constitution, that should never have been an issue. But I know there were a lot of strategies that played out along the way and a, a lot of countless hours you yourself i don't know how many times you came up and testified in committees and yeah. you know you fought the good fight so thank you for that well no, my pleasure and you know what it made a difference to and and i want to 
um, pat uh, the 2A project on the back here too much. At the same time, it made a big difference because, you know, for years and years and years, you posted a great picture. It brought back a lot of great memories. Um, and it, it, it just looking at the picture, it wasn't necessarily a happy picture, but it was a committee hearing and uh, it looked to me to be public policy. And I, don't, I think the bill was actually the self-defense immunity bill that, that, that you authored, you championed, and introduced in General Assembly. Um, and uh, and and that I you wrote, yeah, and I participated in the drafting <laughs> process. But that you know, I looked at that. It was 2019, and this picture. And I'll, I'll repost this because you put it up on social media, and then I shared it. Um, but it's it's a, a packed uh, hearing room, and that that room that. Uh, that uh, public policy meets in down on the first floor, which I always call the basement of the General Assembly. Not a real big room, but it's packed, and it's it, and you're sitting up at the table with the committee members because you've been on that committee for a long time. I'm sitting in the front row, and I'm sitting next to Dr. Chris Kapaki, the NRA representative, and I brag on him all the time because he's a rock star. Uh, he appropriately got promoted at NRA, so we lost him as our Indiana rep, but he was fabulous and really helped on so many different issues including that year where we got so much done um and and chris kapaki from nra had a big huge role in all of that um but it's me and chris kapaki sitting in the front row and then pretty much the entire rest of the room is full of ladies in red t-shirts that say mom demand mom's demand on it and and they and they're packed they're 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 like standing room only they're they're lined up across the back and that was the environment we had for years and years and years at every one of these committee hearings was just a few of us and you know the citizens the voters i know we out we, we outnumber these people dramatically but we weren't very good for years at showing up and, and, and it'd be a few of us, and, and of course, you and Ben Smaltz and so many others that participate in the committees and, 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 and write the bills and introduce the bills and fight for them in the legislature. But in terms of public input, we were outnumbered for years. And one thing I was, I was really I was proud of is we were fighting for constitutional carry in 2022. Man, the dynamics in those hearing rooms, was, was they were different because we had a lot of people in the blue T-shirts that say, 2A project on them showed up. They testified. They sent emails. They uh, they made phone calls, and I think it made a hell of a difference. Oh yeah, yeah. You have to get the people involved, and in there's there's no other way to get something like that passed without getting you know supporters out there, and that's one of the most frustrating things on the issues that we stand for uh, is people they they don't understand or i don't know what it is they do not understand how important it is to speak your mind and support those that are out there fighting on the front lines it's really true I and mean, there are way too many people out there that i i think and and this is true on a lot of different conservative issues and it's a constant disappointment to me there are too many people who would much prefer to just sit on their hands not participate and then just bitch after the fact. And I and, and I jump on people. I'm saying, you know, I'm sorry. You're telling me we're never going to get constitutional carry passed. You're telling me that, you know, leadership's never going to let this happen. Where were you at the last hearing? I, I, you know, I know people who were in that hearing room who were on our side. You weren't one of them. Where the hell were you? Yeah. And, and I never get a response to that. Or, well, I was busy. You know what? I'm busy, too. Um, but now I'll carve it out of my schedule because it's a priority for, for of mine. But uh, but I think we're changing that, and I, that's why I'm really proud of uh, of what happened with the two A project. Uh, uh, let me leave you with this question, uh, or we'll conclude the conversation anyway. Um, 
I, 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 I a little bit get the sense, and look, I'm not in the General Assembly, but I have a little bit of the sense that since we got constitutional carry passed in, in 2022, I get the sense that uh, the leadership, Republican leadership, both the House and the Senate, are kind of patting us on the head a little bit, going, "Hey, you got you you got your wish list, you got your holy grail. Uh, why don't you just kind of calm down and and pipe down a little bit?" <laughs> and, and look, I, I'm not asking you to share any, uh, you know, in in, uh, in inside the General Assembly conversations, but do, do you think there's still an opportunity for Pro Two A legislation, and that um, we can still go through and and, and get some things done? Uh, yes, I think so. But to that point, I mean, you have to sit back and look at what all we've accomplished in the last decade and oh, ask yeah. what else is left. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, a, we, we have, that's a good point because we've checked a model awful lot off the list. And, you know, and that's another thing I like to do. I'll do it on social media. And I need to save this because I end up having to recreate it. But somebody will go, oh, you know, Indiana Republicans are great talking to a, but never, nothing ever gets done. And I'll go really, and I'll start naming the bills. And and hell, you were the author of a hell of a lot of these. But all the all the different positive changes we made to the the school property bill, uh, the preemption bill was all the way back to 2011, which was Senator yeah. Jim Tom's. Um, you know the, the self defense immunity and and the free licenses. Uh, church carry, and you know, just on and on and on and on. I can, I can sit there. I can I can fill up a big long list of all the great things we've done, and say, you know, did you miss this? Did you sleep through this? Do you not understand where we really are? And this is because of leadership uh, from people like you and Jerry Tor, uh, who I was really disappointed to see that he's not going to run re-election in the next election because he's been a hero. And a lot of times Jerry can kind of be the adult in the room when when some of us. Me included, want to get hot and upset and and you know uh, pound the table. Jerry Jerry can be the adult in the room and kind of say, okay, let's take a deep breath and let's talk about how we solve these issues. And I, I just really hate to see him go because he's been a real hero. I do too. Yeah, Jerry Jerry's been a stalwart and he's been dependable. And like you said, he uh, was, was a great part of, of a great team that still has a lot of really good members there. But Jerry will be missed. But I'm just sitting here thinking everything you rattled off, um, campus carry. Yeah, it really, you know, the elimination of gun-free zones is the one that I. That's that's the one I'm going to focus on from here on out because everything else is pretty much accomplished already. Yeah, campus carry. I agree with you. That's a big one, and um, and I'll you know I'll, I, I we're a little past the bottom of the hour and we need to take a break, but. Um, that's a big one, and I've got some just heartbreaking stories that arise out of people that have gotten uh, expelled from school because um, they chose to exercise the option to, to carry a gun on campus, and and it's heartbreaking. Um, but that that is that that's one that we ought to really focus on, and I'm sure you and I will be talking about that as well as which got pending again. I think it's 1144. Uh, great bill. It, it, I love the the carrot it provides rather than a stick. It's the right way to approach the issue, and and thanks to you for uh, continuing the fight. No, it's my pleasure, Guy. Thanks for letting me on. Absolutely, man. You have a great evening. We're taking a break. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC.